right, and welcome back to Rewind and Reconsider, where we rewind and rewatch our childhood movies. I'm Mia Gravidor, and I'm joined always by my lovely co-host and fiance, Harrison Fagan. And today we are joined by special guest, Brandon Fu, who is our dear friend from the Daily Titan, as the last two people were actually. And um, yeah. Who are the other people? Uh, we had Sarah and Amy on. Wow, thanks for listening to the podcast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh why is this so professional <laughs> also did uh did did mia pronounce your last name correctly no it's foe yeah that's what i thought you should totally so. just Fuck! totally yeah. butchered it. you know what? no, no it's okay we're just gonna keep we're that just, in keep no it's all it's all good uh brandon is here because he has a special movie. yeah he has a special movie to bring us and it's a movie that i've never seen but that mia is in disbelief that i have never seen uh, I actually received it as a Christmas gift when I was like, I think like 13 or 14 and just out of spite, never watched it. But it is The Goonies. And at this point, it's like, you know, when you've gone this long and you're almost 30 and you, you know, haven't read, haven't seen a movie like that. It's all, And people are always like, oh my God, you haven't seen The Goonies? Like for me, it's almost like a badge of pride at this point. So Mia, Brandon, tell me why you're taking that away from me. <laughs> well, I know for me, I didn't grow up with this movie, but I did watch it in middle school because my mom told me she's like oh i heard this movie's good for kids here and she put it on and i watched it and i liked it and i thought it was pretty funny so um i haven't seen it since so what about you brandon yeah um so honestly like the only so i i'm you know the grandson of like two vietnamese immigrants who came here after like the fall of saigon so um you know they didn't speak good they still don't speak good english and when i was growing up they didn't and like one of the like one of the purest methods of communication i guess between myself and you know the rest of my family was like movies and you know i remember like as like a little kid just like running around throwing like legos everywhere and like the goonies would just be on in the living room because my grandparents literally only watch the same movie over and over so like if it's the goonies it's the goonies for a month if it's star wars it's star wars for a month um so I mean, yeah they have pretty I good taste yeah, I mean, it's the, you know, American cinema is, the, is basically like a virtual Statue of Liberty for, you know, some of those people who can't come in through New York, so. <laughs> what do you remember yeah. liking about this movie? Um, I remember liking, okay, so honestly, I'm going to be totally, like, frank. I hated the movie at first because I was little, and, you know, that one character, I can't remember what their name is, but it's the the child of the uh of the robbers of, of the the robber mom and like her th- three sons oh right? yeah she's yeah, got yeah. like two sons and the other one like has a deformity is living with deformity yes and with the superman shirt with the superman shirt yes. and so i'm you literally like just him? running i'm running around i'm i was literally like five years old and i'm running around my living i'm running around my grandma's living room and like that scene comes on where chunk is like walking into the cellar and like he's hearing the ooh, like the roaring, and like I was so terrified, and like that scene came on, and I was like, oh fuck no, fuck this movie, um, and so I I never watched it really again until like two years later when we moved states, and so when we were moving states, we were driving around a lot, taking a lot of like road trips. And my mom had like the Honda where you could play movies from like the back seat of your car. Oh, she was you that were kind of large. Karen. Yeah. She's that kind of Karen. She's that kind of Karen. Karen's existed, actually, I'll have you know. Uh-huh. They've existed for years, decades wow. almost. So 
Um, yeah, so I would literally just, so we would watch like a few movies. There were a few like that were available, like CDs and you'd have to insert the CD disc into like, <laughs> you had to insert it into the back seat of a car. Oh, so and old school. <laughs> so old school. So, so primitive. Did you and have the, the, the screens that like folded up and then folded back down or was it just always I don't there? know. I think it was like, maybe. I think at one of our cars had like the screens that came down from like the fucking car ceiling. So that was weird. And like there was another car where it was like stuck to the back, like an airplane, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, but yeah, so like we would have like a few CDs and DVDs, like Indiana Jones, Star Wars, like all that stuff. And we eventually like, I always like would say no to Goonies at first and I, we would just push that to the back, right? Like, I'm not ready to watch that. I'm not ready to go through that and live that experience. I can't hold space for it personally in, you know, in the library of personal childhood trauma that marked my formative years. But we event I put it off and I was like, no, Ryan, I don't want to watch this. And then like, eventually we got through all the movies and I was like, well, fuck, like, I guess we have nothing else to watch. And we put it in and, I was like, rem- I remember being like surprised at how funny it was, like how much yeah. more funny it was than it was scary. Mm-hmm. And like when <laughs> that scene came up again, I was just like, I was like, ugh, like this scene still makes me so uncomfortable. Like this character makes me uncomfortable. Um, but he's like a good guy in the end, though. He's a good guy in the end. And so like after the run through of the whole movie, I was like, oh wow, this is like a heartwarming, funny, like Steven Spielberg esque, you know, uh, like. 80s coming of age treasure hunting adventure movie that you know little did i know 10 years later people would like imitate with like stranger things mm-hmm. and stuff like that and like yeah. so i mean yeah we're going through it like you got thanos you got you got the you got the hobbit from lord of the rings they're all on an adventure together the hobbit from sean astin's character sean astin's character i don't think he's in it yes he is he's well Rudy, we'll watch it and find player. out how how yes. long has it been for both of you since you watched this movie? Since me f- personally, I think the last time I saw it was like at a like a outdoor movie thing in like Laguna Beach, maybe in the middle of high school. Brandon, like two years ago when it was on TV in my oh okay, so did, I'm assuming both of you think it's going to hold up then if you if you've seen it yes, that but recently. We've, 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 you know, we've, we've gained worldly experiences from then and our yeah. eyes are more open. Enough. I definitely look at films differently oh, film. You don't call them movies, you call them films. I mean, Do you yeah, also go I'm, to the cinema? I just hope I mean, that you're going to be able to watch it through, like, not such an ableist lens this time where you're just afraid no, of the... no. <laughs> Not at all. I wasn't even. I okay. I was afraid of that character because of their voice. Like yeah, to be fair, he sounds kind of scary. He made monster sounds. Yeah. And like obviously, as a child, I wasn't you know completely educated on the dynamics of ableism versus like intolerance and you know the social, the social uh, uh, mores and folkways of solidarity and and accepting people and obviously never mind that's going to be the cold open right there (laughs) we're going to go watch the goonies and then we will be right back okay and we're back and before we get into what we like and didn't like about the goonies harrison being the one that hasn't seen this before is going to do our 60 second summary are you ready yep Oh, just start? <laughs> yeah. I mean, normally you're supposed to give me a one, two, three, go or no, something no, no, like no. that. No, 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 just go. Okay. All right. 
So the movie starts out with a couple of Italian stereotypes making a jailbreak, and then they are driving around. And as they're driving around, we see these like kind of weird kids. Like one of them, you know, smashes ice cream or something on accident, and the other one has like gadgets. And you know, the other two is like are like Josh Brolin and his little brother. Uh, and then they eventually all go to Josh Brolin's house and like end up tying him up to help his little brother escape and go chase some treasure. Uh, and then Josh Brolin chases them on a little girl's tricycle or something and then gets driven off a cliff by the high school bully that has his crush in the car. Uh, and then they break into a abandoned restaurant and then pretend the children do and then pretend like it's like they think it's an operating restaurant, so the Italian stereotypes feed them dirty water and stuff and then eventually try to kidnap them uh, while they find out there's like an ogre in the basement. And then eventually they end up in the sewers trying to escape and end up at like a medieval times but the pirate version and find like a bunch of buried treasure. And then uh, it turns out that the real treasure was friends you made along the way, but then also you can also get the treasure and they end up saving Josh Brolin's parents' house. Yeah, but I yeah. think you basically forgot. The whole point of this movie is they're all going to go find treasure. It's not like they just discovered it. No, the point was they're all going to find One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. That's what wants. They want One-Eyed Willie. Not the, it wasn't about the treasure to Rudy, to Samwise Gamgee. It was about <laughs> One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> Sorry, Wait. was I out of turn? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's okay. Who's Rudy? <laughs> no, Rudy is... Sean Aspen. Uh, Sean Aspen later played Rudy. Who the hell is Rudy? I can't believe I can't believe I watched oh my this movie God, and I man. already forgot Sean Aspen's character's name. It's yeah, Rudy. me too. Yeah, it's Rudy now. I'm not looking it up. Not for this <laughs> yeah, we're movie. We're just calling him Rudy. We're yeah, you all know Rudy. who we're talking about if you've seen this movie. The and... guy that dies in Stranger Things. Yeah, the guy that the guy that gets his guts wrecked in Stranger Things. Not in the sexual way. And not in the sexual way. <laughs> Important disclaimer there, maybe the most important in the history of this podcast. So, you know, I think you could probably tell by my summary what I thought of this movie and how much I enjoyed it. Or those of you that follow me on Twitter probably got a sneak preview of uh, my views on this movie. Uh, so Brandon and Mia, I'm going to let you lead us into this part. Uh, what did you like about this movie and what do you feel like did hold up? Um, I mean... To give this movie credit, I think it had a good opening. I mean, like a jailbreak, you know, there's some action scenes and a car chase and you're like, damn, what's going on? I'm like, whoa, these are criminals. And then it switches to kids. But Well, I thought it was really, I mean, the camera work was really good, obviously, but like they open up and as the jail, they use the jailbreak to like, like involve like all the characters that you're going to see come together like later yeah. in the film. Like, yeah. It's exposition, like the cheerleader, like data like falling into the trash can most racist stereotype but whatever that's beside that's a whole other podcast there was another there was another character that had like their face in water and then they didn't like i don't i don't know who that was was that the oh other my god chick? oh my god let me look at, it was the actor we were talking about like before who was <laughs> he basically like made his own documentary trying to expose the hollywood sex ring and he like completely Corey feldman that was Corey yeah, feldman Feldman. yeah that was Corey feldman's character i think I thought that or was no, the, was the other girl. Was it Chump? Oh, no, no. You, oh, the girl. The girl. No, the when girl. Chunk got introduced, he was playing an arcade game, and he accidentally, like, smashed his, like, smoothie shake thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Corey Feldman was, like, fixing his dad's TV. Yes. Yeah. So then was why was her face in water? Like, she was outside on a pier, and she had her face in water. I don't know. I, I don't know. She's a goonie. She's a goonie. <laughs> She's a goonie. 
That's the Goonie stuff. Yeah. Just um, Goonie stuff with their friends. What else did I like? I mean, I think some of, like, the cool traps in this movie were kind of fun. Like, they kind of had, like, that, like, Indiana Jones kind of feel. There's, like, a rolling ball and all these mm-hmm. booby traps and stuff. And then they finally find the treasure. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Chump was a really good actor. Are you, I keep thinking you're saying Trump, but you're saying Chunk? Chunk, chunk, yeah. Chunk, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, I misunderstood that too. I was like, what cameo did I miss? <laughs> chunk? Um, I guess, I don't know. He just kind of like... I thought he was like the one of the best actors in that movie. I thought he Josh honestly, Brolin was better. He was fine. I mean, he was fine, but like ch- genuinely like Chunk did make me laugh the most with his delivery. Like that mm-hmm. scene where he's getting interrogated by the mobster criminal people and he's like crying and telling them his entire life story was mm-hmm. like actually mm-hmm. hysterical. Yeah, I thought that was and probably that was one so of the fun. only times that I unironically laughed during this <laughs> whole movie um, was his delivery in that scene where like he, he was committed to it. He just kept going like he was crying and just telling these hilarious stories about like getting and kicked out of fat camp and all that stuff and like his whole character was just like an awful fat kid stereotype but that's uh, like every pretty much every 80s movies yeah exactly the fat yeah. Kid there. yeah but so, like, like the like, dynamic between chunk and sloth was like that was like something the film did well i mean i guess but you don't get much screen time with sloth and chunk like they're kind of like a side like a side story and he just kind of shows up at the end with Sloth. Well, that was how they built up, you know, the savior in the movie. That's hey, true. you guys. Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously it sounded way different, but. Was yeah, I'm all- disappointed you didn't try to do the impression. <laughs> no, that would have been horrible. Honestly, that was another thing I was going to say. That was another thing I was going to say, which is, like, there, the film's depiction of a person with a deformity is, like, both horrifyingly offensive. Okay, hold on, hold on. Is there anything else you liked about the movie before we start getting into and, like, okay, okay. get apart? Because I did not I did not enjoy this movie, so I'm, like, I'm chomping at the bit to do that. But okay, okay. I know that this is a classic for a lot of people, so I want to get into... I want to at least talk about a couple of the things that maybe do hold up well. Okay, I have to say, young Josh Brolin... Oh, yeah. Pretty good in this movie. Honestly, like, his yeah. voice sounds so different that I almost didn't recognize him. It took this a couple his, scenes. I think this was his first, like, acting job, too, this movie. I did not know that. Yes. But, I mean, like, he's pretty good at it. And, like, you know, he plays that, like, annoying older brother that, like, it, it, it actually surprised me in this movie that, like, the both of them had a pretty strong bond and, like, yeah, they kind of razzed each other, but it wasn't like, oh, I don't want to hang out with my kid brother. That's yeah, there was, there was never the stereotypical, like, where they had to learn to, like, realize that they were brothers and that they actually liked each other. It was clear right from the jump that they liked each other and got along well enough. And, yeah. you know, there wasn't, like, any, like, fake drama between them. I kept thinking that they were going to try and make it, like, a weird love triangle between the two of them and uh, Andy. But like they did thankfully they didn't do that um yeah. although they didn't treat her character very well overall which we can get into but um yeah i mean i thought josh brolin was good i mean you could tell you could tell watching this movie that he was a pretty solid actor and that he would go on to like do some things and at least get a couple more shots and then he ended up mm. becoming you know one of the defining actors of our generation for comic book masterpieces like jonah hex and uh no. <laughs> oh god and, <laughs> no. well, but in all seriousness deadpool to to avengers like yeah. you know he's been in some stuff yeah what else did you like yeah, about um i thought like each character was established really well like you obviously like like you obviously knew the personality of data between chunk between 
uh, Rudy, between Thanos, um, <laughs> between Mama Fratelli. Like, they all had a clear-cut personality, which is not something you can say for many films where it's like, oh, that's that character. Like, okay, I will say the, the, two, the two goons, I'm blanking on their names, but the brothers that work for Mama Fratelli. Um, yeah. Like, they, I enjoyed the physical comedy of them a little bit. Like, their interplay, like, they had a pretty good sense of physical timing and like I, I enjoyed kind of their dynamic and the sense of like danger like peril like they literally when they went into that like restaurant like a body with a hole in its in its forehead came out of the fridge i was like oh shit like this is like the stakes are clearly set i mean this is obviously yeah this is not home alone where there's like where it's you know where they're like, completely kind of, useless yeah right yeah, well, like they, they aren't know. completely useless at first, which is something that we can get into as well. Right. But yeah, but I am. Um, I like the Cindy Lauper song. Oh gosh, <laughs> the amount of times I heard that in a car during a road trip while I was watching from the airplane-style screen in my Honda Civic as a five-year-old, uh, vomiting what, what all year, over myself uh, in my what car year seat. Was your Honda Civic? I mean, you're getting real specific there. Um, I don't know. It was when we're just I kidding. Was, we like, don't care. It's- <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, anyway yeah that song was so much that song carries so much emotional baggage with it for me <laughs> did, it, did it trigger you are you okay like, girls just want to have fun like when i hear that now i'm like oh my god i'm in a car seat i'm vomiting all over myself the new york city skyline is passing me by yeah that's real specific i'm so sorry wow this is just, really does i didn't realize this was a simultaneous like podcast and therapy episode like a <laughs> session for brandon oh everything becomes everything <laughs> cindy lopper can't hurt you anymore <laughs> she can't she's not real all she over can't hurt you. <laughs> all right well clearly harrison you didn't like this movie and no. I think you are chomping at the bit to tell us why you didn't like this movie okay so first of all um like I, you know, I, I think the dialogue and the characters were not really done all that well. Like, all of them were cartoon characters who didn't feel, like, I don't know that a single one of them, with the exception of maybe young Thanos, felt like a real person in any meaningful way. Like, they dropped lines that were supposed to have, like, emotional resonance to them that just seemed to me nothing, like, and came off as, like, laughable because most of the kids are not very good actors. You know, you have Corey Feldman's character screaming at, well, I think his name's Mouth which is like, yeah. that's just... Well, I, all the kids had a nickname. Yes. That's not their actual I guess, name. No, I know, but I guess his name's Mouth because he's mouthy. I don't know. That was a strange na- nickname. Because he got that mouth. He got it? <laughs> Girl, what that mouth do? <laughs> no, we're moving, we're moving past that. Um, and he just like, he never has any meaningful moments of like trauma or like where he's going through anything in the movie as far as I could tell. But at one point when they're in the wishing well, he just screams out, my wish didn't come true. So I'm taking it back. I'm taking all of them back. And it's like, what, why? like there's no weight behind this. You haven't even gone through any struggle. Like there's this implied, like, I don't know that he had had like all these difficulties and never had anything go right for him. And to me, the movie just didn't carry through on that. Um, like I also just thought, that like the plot of the movie just made like no sense and was super helter skelter and all over the place. Like these criminals go from organizing an Ocean's Eleven level prison break and then turn into the guys from Home Alone as soon as they run into the kids, like, and are just like slipping over goo and like, you know, 
breaking their balls and all that stuff. Like, and somehow their criminal plot was, I guess, to counterfeit money on printer paper. And then they also killed a guy for some reason that it's never explained why they did that. Uh, you know, the city in this town apparently built an entire ass sewer system around a fully intact pirate ship and just like that was never addressed or found or whatever and like apparently you know among many other flaws of this movie it's treatment of the disabled and of minorities like data i did i thought was basically a racial stereotype yeah actually to be fair harrison thought he was speaking a different language the entire movie like i literally <laughs> he's like you need to put on subtitles i what is he this is why we need diversity in podcasts <laughs> no i did not say that at all i said that his <laughs> accent is very thick and i can't understand it no you literally asked me you're like is he speaking a different language yeah okay like, no. early on in the movie the audio quality is not that good on this movie to be fair um and we're watching it through youtube but also it's treatment and he was a stereotype tell me that he wasn't a stereotype how was he a stereotype he's an innovative minority that is going to own an IT oh my god he is a stereotype <laughs> yeah what the hell <laughs> yeah sorry. I was like how is she gonna argue against this but then like also sloth I kept waiting to find out why they had adopted this orc or like what his supernatural origins were it turned out he was just a child that they dropped on the ground and like apparently like, like this movie's treatment of disabled people is to chain horrendous. them up <laughs> chain them up and put them in front of a tv yeah I mean, yeah, I know that was kind of weird. That, but like, they basically implied they're like, oh, like this kid was dropped. So like, all of a sudden, his head, like, he turned into like a super powered like Hulk with no brains, and you know, talks in an extremely offensive voice. Uh, and yeah. So. Also, like when Mama Fratelli at the end, when she's like trying to like turn things back around her way when they're on the pirate ship and like things are falling apart, like she goes to sloth and she's like come to mama like don't you remember this don't you remember that well at the same time throughout the film she literally chained him and like there was like a complete disregard for him as a human being that didn't really make sense like that yeah. like in the scope of their overall like the relationship between them that they were like, trying to like yeah like why why was his character even needed like i understand it was a character to try to get like to be kind of he was kind no, of no like, was it Mia? It was the comedic relief of you know like a disabled guy being chained up and not and then knowing his that sidekick much about the world. is a chunky fat kid. Yeah, the truffle shuffle. <laughs> that was so oh, offensive. That <laughs> probably launched more high school bullying than the invention of MySpace. Like no joke. That, that yeah, thing. that probably caused so much body dysmorphia back in the eighties. <laughs> I mean, Sloth and Chunk together, like, so many kids must have been, like, staring in the mirror for hours, like, am I good enough? Like, <laughs> oh, God. And my answer is, kids, yes, you that. are. I know you're, like, 40 now, and the Goonies ruined your life, but I'm here to tell you that you are good enough. Yeah, I felt like this movie, the dialogue, I know they tried to do kind of, like, like, kids getting together and hanging out, but, like, they just all screamed over each other for, like, an hour and a half it was just yeah. so annoying it really was like nobody was getting a word and they're all just overlapping all at once and they're all just screaming at each other and it's just like i it's actually i do like movies that like employ this technique of like chaos and dialogue like yeah. you'll see like movies in like family settings like silver linings playbook where it's like the dialogue they just bounce off each other and it's chaotic and it's fun to but watch but there's some order to it film. Uh, well, and also, no order to this. You, you know what was great about Silver Linings Playbook and a big difference between it and this movie was it had good actors. <laughs> right, right. 
I mean, but at the same time, I'm understanding where they're coming from when they're trying to do scenes like that, where it's yeah. like, oh, this is chaotic, um, but it's it's engaging. Like, yeah. it keeps you, like, glued to the screen. Which, I mean, as a kid, it really didn't take much, you know, for me to be convinced that that was something that was, like, con- engaging. Like, I was like, oh, wow, people are saying things over each other and they're screaming, and there's all this sense of, like, like I don't know. Like, you feel like you're one of the group when they that, do that. That yeah. part of it is at least somewhat authentic to like how kids talk. like kids do yell over each other a lot but it yeah. doesn't make for a particularly enjoyable movie to just watch kids Scream with not well, frankly not all that well written dialogue just screaming over each other <laughs> yeah, just so I feel like I feel like I feel like when you're a kid it does like it's it's enjoyable because you're like I do that with my friends you do that with like your cousins or your brother and sister or your friends like you know like you're, you're really riding a bike right but I think watching a movie, a whole movie of it, not fun. I just know for me as an adult, and this is kind of one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is like taking the nostalgia out of like watching these childhood movies back like years later is I'm someone going into this with no, like I didn't watch this as a kid. I don't have any attachment to it. And so I'm sitting here like, why is this a beloved movie? And I was hoping that the two of you could explain to me, but you really did not make a very good case. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, my point is, it's a beloved movie, but it's not at all good. And the only reason it's beloved is because people, like, watched it sitting in the backseat of their Honda Civic as a child. Throwing up Throwing to Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Throwing up to Cindy Lauper. But, yeah. like, I can see this movie in, like, because this movie really is a blueprint for a lot of the movies that we have yeah. now, like, like It and um, Stranger Things and a lot of ensemble kid movies kind of relate back to that kind of you know like I'm trying to think just kind of the blueprint of having like a group of kids working towards a goal and having them only them be the sole source of working towards that you know what I mean like there's no parents involved it's just all kids and it's like an adventure basically I just feel like there are so many other movies that get at like the sense of like that childhood dynamic and of kids trying to get together and solve problems that are so much better than this one that I just don't I don't know I just don't understand the appeal I don't know. Well, that's because you never sat lot, back like, of a Honda Civic. <laughs> it's all the, about that experience when you like watch the it. Sandlot, all about the Bad that News experience. Bears. Like, there's like all these like ensemble childhood movies. You know what? We I think what we're discovering is like if you're gonna have a bunch of kids in a movie, you need sports in it. Mm, no, I think you need a little bit of order and having kind of some type of like, like. I, don't know. I think we got to ask the question, is Steven Spielberg a trash director? No, he's couldn't, not. He couldn't rein in these kids. I'm sorry, he made Schindler's List. Oh, yeah, all right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> there were just echoes of Schindler's List all throughout the <laughs> I can definitely Two see very that. similar movies. <laughs> yep, um, absolutely. The, I wanted to talk about the, um, the way that this movie deals with their female character because my god okay yeah i was gonna point this out too yeah go go ahead there's two female characters one is obviously the girly girl cheerleader and the other one who knows short hair weird girl (laughs) (laughs) she is she serves no purpose yeah she has no name she's a short hair weird girl (laughs) yes um, that's what her friends call her it's yeah like, this girl is big brain strong knees she's dumb the, the cheerleader girl that was a call back to an earlier movie dialogue from sleepover oh, you didn't yeah. even get it <laughs> i didn't um the cheerleader girl she is just 
she's just, she is literally just there to just be a love interest. She has no purpose. I mean, maybe because she took piano lessons and she got to do a little piano thing, but that was it. Like the moment she met Josh Brolin, she was like, I like this guy. I'm going to make out with him and stuff like that. And it's just like, I don't even know why she was there in the first place. And then her like ex-boyfriend was trying to like look up her skirt. Yeah. So this movie does not treat her well. <laughs> and this girl like really needs to go and talk to the police like after this is all over yeah. because or like she deserves a payout from this treasure or something for everything she went through because movie starts out with her i guess boyfriend or love interest at the time the the, the rich douche in the convert convertible uh is trying to look up her skirt and also down her shirt with his like rear view mirror with her friend in the back yeah and she's her friend's just like haha like just uh -huh. childhood hijinks uh <laughs> Then, like, in the dialogue later on when she's down in the sewer, I don't know if you caught this, but she basically blames herself for leaving the car and is screaming about how she ne it was a horrible decision. She never should have gotten out. Why is it so bad that a guy wants to look at my body? It's not that big of a deal. I should have just let him do it. Oh, like, yeah, I forgot. And she was, like, having a nervous breakdown. Then the guy that, who is her love interest in this movie, as she's freaking out, tells his, bro his little brother, go see what she's ragging about. <laughs> uh, which, like, you know, and then, like, she gets pranked. As, as this child goes to go check on her, her friend pranks her into thinking that it's her actual love interest, so she is pranked into kissing a child. Uh, and then she is forced to touch dead bodies and use them as a piano to uh, break into a pirate's cove and save herself from doom. Yeah, I thought that whole scene where she makes out with her lover's brother is just, why, why yeah, did we need it? that was just completely unnecessary. And then fully cementing her as being in this movie to be solely an object of sexual desire for small children was at the end when she goes to the kid and she's like, so, uh, what, what did she say? I wrote down this line. Um, Oh, she said, she, she was talking to... Like, yeah, she says, soon the parts of you that don't work so good are going to catch up to the ones that do. She's talking yeah. about his mouth. She, like, he's like, she's like, you're a really good kisser. And, and then she No, said that she's line. clearly not talking about his mouth. No, in the second she part is. Of that. Not in the second part. Well, not in the second part, but she's saying the part that works is his mouth. Yeah. He's talking about his cock. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Like, 80s kids movies have this weird, like, sexual part to it. Like... You know, have you like ever thought about that? Well, that's because that's because there was largely an unchallenged culture of pedo pedophilia among like directors in Hollywood back then, where it's like as time goes on, you know, people are becoming more cognizant of these underlying issues of sexualization, fetishization. Um, you know, when when fucking um, Nabokov made Lolita, I mean, back then it wasn't really. I mean. It was taboo, probably, but people were just like, "Oh, he's just being him." Like, that's crazy. That's and now fine. everybody's like, everybody's like, Nabokov was a fucking pedophile, and any anybody who ran romanticizes Lolita is crazy. So I think like back in the '80s, there was a lot less cognizance of we're sexualizing. It was just basically um, like women, even if they were in high school, were solely objects to be sexualized and not right. like actual characters. It's like it's a very common theme in these Yeah, movies. because she she's dressed in like a really short skirt and like she has a jacket, like a letterman's jacket and she gets rid of that. But like throughout the movie, she'll be running and you can literally see up her skirt and you can see her underwear in some points. Yeah. Did you not see that at all? I wasn't. I, uh, to be honest, I wasn't paying that close attention probably by that part in the movie. Like, <laughs> Well, I don't think it's any secret that male directors write in specific scenes about women that they themselves would want to see, like Quentin Tarantino with Margot Robbie's feet. Yeah, or, you know. And that other girl in that movie's feet. <laughs> or everyone oh. in that movie with their feet. 
I forget the, I've never seen it. Like, so, yeah, so, oh, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you have no say. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I'm pretty sure they did show a lot of shots in Margot Robbie's feet. They did, yeah. Yeah, they right. did. They showed a lot of shots of lots of feet in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh-huh. But yeah, God, anyway. Anyways, we're talking about the Goonies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's some, it just, the dialogue wasn't good. The set pieces, like that whole, like you were saying that it was like a rundown um, pirate ship yeah, they, from like they, medieval times. They, yeah, they filmed it at a pirate's dinner adventure and then all the tube scenes <laughs> were in like a McDonald's slide that they just like put water down. Yeah, it really did look like a theme park. But the funny thing is um, to get that shot of the kids seeing the pirate ship for the first time, that was actually their first time seeing that pirate ship. And it was a whole ass set, like it was a re- like a like a working pirate ship too. Did you know that? Well, congratulations! You blew uh, how many how much money on a set that on screen looked pretty shitty. <laughs> you fucking blew it, you set designer. Uh, what, what, what was the budget for this movie? Did you look it up? I don't know, but I do know that so it they, was like forty billion. So about that pirate ship, they at the end of this movie when it wrapped up, I forgot who asked, but they asked the cast. They're like, who wants to take it home? And nobody wanted to take it home because obviously what the fuck are you going to do with the pirate ship? So you know what they did? They just destroyed it afterwards. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're like, nobody wants it? Okay, we'll just like, blow it up then. <laughs> don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, shows you the attitude of this, uh, of this movie. So was there anything else that... Wait, but Steven Spielberg didn't even direct this. Oh, he didn't? No. Oh, I feel bad now. No, wow. Steven... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, Richard Donner? Isn't he a... Wait, no, am I supposed Oh, okay, no, that's a different- Richard Donner did no, that was, Superman, that was, that was, that was Jeffrey Weapon. Dahmer that was the killer. Yeah, <laughs> I was like- <laughs> But do you know who wrote the script? It was Christopher, Chris, not Christopher, Chris Columbus, who also directed the first Harry Potter movie. That's gotta, that has to be a stage name. There's no way his- And he did Home Alone, too, so- the guy, he- who, the guy who directed the first Percy Jackson adaptation totally fucked it up. Not exactly. surprised. Yeah, not surprised. But he was a screenwriter for this, so I can oh. see. The guy who made, like, w- like the token black character, like, every black stereotype there was and, you know, possible. Every every stereotype possible. I don't, was... I okay. think he's talking about Percy Jackson. Oh, okay, film. I haven't yeah. seen it, so. I've ju- I just I. read the book, so yeah. I don't really want to see it. Uh, anyways, is there any... So any other general complaints or generalized commentary about this movie before we, no, you know, I'm just ta- dis- send, put Goonies in a pirate ship that we're going to destroy out at sea? I'm just disappointed because I remember actually enjoying this movie, but I think I just enjoyed watching it in an outdoor theater and I was hanging out <laughs> with friends. So <laughs> I don't think I was actually watching it. But- I remember watching this movie when my parents loved me. That's why I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. It, it might have a nostalgia feel to it. Like, it definitely has this, like, 80s aesthetic with the music and, like, the clothes <laughs> and stuff like that. And I Did think you just say aesthetic? <laughs> aesthetic. Is that how you say it? It's aesthetic. No, it's aesthetic. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, this movie was ass. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> How's that for an aesthetic? Uh, Brandon, anything, anything else stand out to you that you wanted to talk about? I think if one watches it and suspends disbelief and suspends all expectations of, and you is know, not sober, and is not sober and suspends all expectations of a quote-unquote film, I think it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, sure. uh, get, get this direct-to-DVD Stranger Things knockoff out of the paint. This is uh, <laughs> Stranger not- Things is the direct to, direct-to-DVD 
version of the Goonies. I've never uh, even seen Stranger Things. That, I, is... that, that disc just sounded funny in my head. <laughs> um, I, oh, wait, actually, there were a couple fun facts I wanted to go through with, uh, with you guys. So do you want to, like, do you want to hear the tragic story of what one of these kids' parents did to them? Wait, was it Corey Feldman? No, 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 no. Was oh. it the Asian kid? No. Well, who was it? Well, do you, do you want to hear it? Yes. They yeah, made yeah, them be yeah, in okay. the Goonies. Oh, <laughs> <He's> so <laughs> It was Chunk's what? parents. They made him be in the Goonies. Wait, really? No, I'm just, uh, that is tragic to me. You want to hear, uh, no, okay, but do you want to guess which one of them's in prison now? Like, which one of these actors do you think is most likely? Well, it's definitely oh, it It's none of them, but it should be all of them for making this movie. <laughs> no. Uh, is it, it's not the Asian kid, is it? No, it's not. That, that, I just wanted to get my joke off. I don't have any fun facts. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 I was actually like, oh my god, I was really? scratching my head. I was like, I mean, maybe one of them is in prison. I, I certainly didn't look it up. Oh my gosh. Anyways, well, Brandon, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us on this chaotic uh, episode so far. Um, and surprisingly, having I'm having to be the one to cut you some of the parts that you said and not me. So this is actually... Well, this bit is not going to make sense because they're all going to be gone. But... This, I'm not going to leave them in. Um, Brandon, if I'm a whole different animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brandon, if people want to find you, what do you do and how can they find you? Um, I don't want people to find me. That's the thing. All right. We'll tweet Brandon's at when we send out the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, if you, you want- may not believe this from having watched this episode, but he is not just a condescending film student at like a college, but he is actually uh, like a, a very promising journalist. young journalist. Who's going to take down the corruptness in Orange County. Yeah, he's going to. He's going to destroy the system in Orange County. And expose you talk all about it like I haven't already done that. That's true. That <laughs> you, is true. Brandon, they just repealed a mask order last <laughs> week. So, you know, you definitely have not already done that. But uh, anyways, if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter. And we also have an Instagram. Just look up Rewind and Reconsider. Spell it wrong. It's fine. It'll still show up. I'm sure there's no one else that has a name like that. Uh, you could also find our other episodes on Spotify and iTunes, and uh, we will be- Apple Pod, it's, well, it's not Pod, yeah, it's Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast, this is- Not iTunes anymore. Whatever. 2020. <laughs> whatever, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and hopefully you got this far and did not turn it off. Um, stay safe and wash your hands and- Don't get murdered. Stay sexy. <laughs> stay moist. <laughs> stay moist. <laughs>